Welcome to My Safe Perspective. I'm your host, Chris Cerwillo. This is my podcast. It's a podcast about life, current events, music, crisis, good times, bad times, family and friends, but all from a Christian perspective, from a safe perspective, my safe perspective. Hopefully you'll join us. We'll be speaking with some people from my church, people from around our communities, and we'll be discussing sometimes some hard topics, topics we don't like to discuss. And sometimes we'll be discussing easy things to talk about, fun stuff. But regardless, it'll all come from a saved perspective. Welcome to My Safe Perspective. I'm your host, Chris Terwillow. When I started this podcast, I prayed that it would reach someone. I prayed that if only one person were helped by my words, I'd be satisfied. This week, already, someone approached me. I'll make this clear. This person isn't seeking a relationship with God or a place in the church because of me. He was seeking his faith for some time now questioning himself and the life he's lived. The miracle here is that my podcast came up on his Facebook page, and he listened. Just good timing, right? But then, God put us both in the same room at the same time. If you knew our separate career paths and the positions that we hold within our company, you'd know the odds of us running into each other are very low. In this season of my life, I find it easy to see everyday miracles. And this one was staring me right in the face. And I hope that I did well by it. I hope I gave good advice and direction. Nothing else, I pray that my story and the words I shared with him today gave him courage and clarity. See, when I was searching, it was lonely. I know how he feels. I know how low you feel when you're pondering your faith, your history, your future, the crushing anxiety that maybe I've burned this bridge, and the eternal life with God is no longer an option. I used to think I had already tipped the scale. And what's worse, my life choices were far from healthy. I figured if I made it to 50, even 55, I'd have to be happy with that. I spent sleepless nights wondering how people would respond to my passing. Would people say, well, he did live a rough life? Or, he always said, live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. (laughs) Or would they say, at least he's in a better place? I doubt that one. Then the thoughts would wander back to my faith in God. I'd lay there and I'd ask if he'd give me another shot. I'd promise to make better choices. I'd hear nothing. For me, there was no podcast. There was no K-Love. There was no T.D. Jakes to direct me or comfort me or give me guidance. So, my comfort came through repeated sin. I look back now and I think how small of me see, a true Christian doesn't do the right thing to obtain salvation. 
Good deeds of a Christian are a byproduct of the salvation. So I really love this show, a good Pla- The Good Place, I think it was called. In one episode, the characters, they were go- doing good deeds and, and trying to kind of atone for their sins that they committed while they were alive. And they realized they weren't accruing points for these good deeds. And this is because they weren't genuine. The deeds were empty. They were being done because the people doing them weren't doing them because they wanted to, but because they figured they'd get the points and, in turn, entry to the good place. I see now that I was approaching things backwards. If if you prove yourself to me, God, I'll do good to get the reward. So as I'm preparing these words today and I'm preparing to record this podcast, we got Matthew West playing in the background and the song All In is playing. That was me. That was my approach when I finally buckled down. All in. Nothing fake. Not asking for salvation. But instead just asking to have him in my life. As my savior. As my miracle worker. And wouldn't you know it, it worked. At any rate, I'm thankful that this friend was confident enough to come to me with this question. I'm thankful that God directed him to me. I hope and pray that he realizes he is a child of God. He is welcome in this amazing family. And once you do, brother, hang on, because this will be the greatest time of your life. I asked him if it would be okay for me to talk about our conversation in the podcast. He said yes. He asked for anonymity, and I will oblige. So, without further ado, here's a shortened Cliff Note version of my conversation with an old friend. Ran into an old friend today, and this person said to me that they feel like there's not a place for them in the church. That they don't have faith, and they don't think they can ever have a relationship with God, that they're too far gone, and that there's no redemption for them. I replied that anyone who believes can be redeemed. And I followed that with, the church shouldn't be your primary concern. Don't focus on if you belong within four walls to worship. Focus on your faith and relationship with God and Jesus. I asked if he knew John 3.16. I figured this is a great starting point, and it's probably the most commercialized verse from the Bible, and that surely he'd heard of it. His response was, isn't that the valley of death one? I said, close. I said, but no, it is a great one to read, and kick off a prayer session with that one, and you're in for a good feeling. I still get chills every time I read Psalms 23. Continue to have a great conversation with this old friend. You see, folks, to me, church isn't the four walls you worship in. It's the family of God. It's the embodiment of thousands of years of biblical preachings. It's two billion believers strong, all loved by God. I obviously expect my friend to find a place to worship where they belong, but their faith and relationship with Jesus, I think, is what's truly at stake here. 
I went to church, I checked the boxes for 37 years, but I didn't see God for who he is. I strongly believe that wholehearted, fully committed worship builds your faith. It's therapeutic to openly praise him. The church, as it is made up of all Christ believers, is the body of Christ. And for a body to work properly, all its parts must be present. What a conundrum. I'm all over the place. In one breath, I say that attendance doesn't matter. It doesn't make you a believer. But in another, as a believer, you need to be present. I think attendance is expected of us, but it won't stamp your ticket to salvation. Only believing in Jesus will do that. Only accepting Christ as your one true Savior makes salvation possible. I continued that John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I know this poor guy wants to know if there's a place in the church for him, and I'm talking about eternity. I said to him that the verse doesn't say God so loved us, or God so loved his people, his believers. It says the world. No exceptions, no asterisk. The world, the good, the bad, the righteous, the humble, the sick, the poor, the world. He gave his son for the world. And as I sit in this room, I see you here. I hear you speaking. I see you breathe. So you must be part of this world. He gave his one and only son for you just as much as he did for me or anyone else. All you need to do is believe. I continued to tell him that I fought with these same demons for years. I know right where you're coming from. I know how it feels to think you don't belong in God's family. I'm a sinner. I was then, I am now. Although sometimes it may not seem to be true... I'm humbled by my sin. I repent for my sin. I'm not so pride-filled and self-righteous to think I'm not a sinner. I simply wear rose-colored glasses and don't openly discuss my sin. It's actually something I'm working on. Trying to be better about. What I'm making is this. I asked him, where are you in your sins? Do you practice sin? Or have you in the past practiced sin? See, I could knowingly sin today and then repent tomorrow only to willingly sin again the next day. Does that make my repentance futile? I try to make good decisions in life and I try to avoid sin. But I sin and I repent and I try harder to avoid repeating these actions. 20 years ago, there was no repentance, no guilt. Hell, no wondering. That sinner that I was 20 years ago, whether I believe or not, I don't think salvation was in the cards for that guy. So I asked him again, 
Where are you in your sins? I told him to read the book of John. I said, early in the book, we're hit with some big questions. I told him, ask and answer these questions from, that John asks as honestly as you can. I asked if he had a Bible, and he said he did. He seemed excited to start a dialogue with himself. I closed with him saying that he should not doubt if he has a place in the church. We all have a place in God's family. Even if you feel you are a sinner. Remember in the story of the 99, Jesus tells us a good shepherd will leave the 99 to recover the one lost wandering sheep and then celebrate its return. In the scripture, Jesus says that it's is the same way in heaven. There's more celebration when one sinner repents than when 99 righteous people need not repent. If you're like me, or like I was, or like my friend, know that the Good Shepherd is searching for you. He's left the 99 to the care of the Holy Spirit and hopes that you will rejoin the flock. And once you're back, the rest is up to you. The Lord, our Savior, as does the church, welcomes you with open arms. Being a good Christian, once you're in those arms, that's the hard part. But now you have family to support you, to love you, to help you seek forgiveness. and the eternal life in his heavenly kingdom. Before my friend and I parted ways, we hugged. I ensured that he had my number in his phone, and I hid his. And I told him that I'd like to speak to him in a week and see how it was going, reading some of these passages from the Bible that we discussed, having this dialogue with himself, and see if his opinion of his worthiness had changed. I told him that in a week I was going to ask him if he felt closer to taking those steps to the back doors of a church. Explained to him that he was more than welcome to join my family and I at Brook Life or that I would join him at any church of his choosing, maybe closer to where he's staying currently. At any rate, we hugged, he thanked me, and he looked different than he did when he walked in. Relieved. I felt a lot of joy. And a little sorrow. Felt kind of bad for myself. Wish I had that back then. But then I thanked God for giving me the guidance, for giving me this gift to openly speak, be courageous enough to share with people. I thank God for this podcast because I think one person may have had their future changed. And in the end, that was my goal.
All right. This segment is called This Is My Jam. And in this segment, I will briefly discuss a song that in some way has touched me. As I said, when I was searching for my faith, I only listened to Christian music. And I actually listened to the lyrics. I continue to do so, and it builds my faith as I have my internal dialogue about these songs. So without further ado, this is my jam. All right, folks, this week's jam is from Cochran and Company. It's called Church, Take Me Back. It's pretty fitting for this week's message. Typically, I'd run down a list of accolades of the band, and unfortunately, this band doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Um, All I can really tell you is lead singer's from Indiana, is a worship leader, and his band tours the country tirelessly. That's on his website. They were nominated for a Dove Award for Artist of the Year. Beyond that, there's not much information out there on them. So without further ado, this week's jam, Church by Cochran and Company. Not a trophy for the winners, it's a shelter for the sinners. And it's right where I belong. As I stated in an earlier message, I promised I'd do good for the reward of salvation. And I realize now that's not how it works. Church is a place where I can be in the moment. I can repent, rejoice, and be thankful for the gift God has given us. I always feel at home or sheltered. I feel like I belong when I'm in church. More than an obligation, it's our foundation, the family of God. I know it's hard, but we need each other. We are sisters and brothers. In my message, I said the church is the body of Christ, made of parts, Christ believers, and that all parts must be present for it to work properly. I hope my friend finds a family in the church support system of brothers and sisters, children of God, like him. See, this song first came out, and uh, or at least it first hit my playlist during the COVID shutdowns, when we weren't allowed to go to church. Or we could go to church, but it really didn't seem like church. There was no worship or singing. There was masks. No greeting each other social distancing. It wasn't the same place. It was the first time in my life that I actually missed the church. Going to church for nine years of my life, six days a week, I had gotten my fill at a young age. But at this season of my life, church means something totally different. I embrace it. I enjoy it. So during COVID, not going to church, it sucked. <laughs> it was it wasn't good. Coincidentally, we found our new church right in the we'll call it beginning of post-COVID when we started getting back to whatever normal is. When we found this church, Brook Life. It instantly felt like home.
See, I tried to record these last lyrics about ten times singing them because the melody of this song I think is what really sells it. But it turns out recording this on my phone or my voice, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the phone, made it not sound all that great. So I'll read these last lyrics to you. This is the refrain. Take me back to the place that feels like home, to the people I can depend on, to the faith that's in my bones. Take me back to a preacher and a verse where they've seen me at my worst, to the love I had at first. Oh, I want to go to church. This is my jam. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. And please, folks, hit the like button, subscribe button. This is how this podcast will spread and hopefully reach more people. Because remember, it's our job here on earth to make it to heaven and to bring as many of our brothers and sisters with us as we can. Thanks again. Thanks to my friend. Don't forget to call me. For everyone else, may the Holy Spirit fill your days every day.